Hey there, beautiful people. Welcome to Fanta, the podcast where all those complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives is I am entertainment journalist, editor, authoress, all around bad bitch, Travel Anderson. Wow. And I think I might have a cold because apparently we can still get those, but I'm not <laughs> quite sure because it might also be allergies that I've never had. Jarrett Hill. <laughs> Coming up on the show this week, we are digging into uh, some emotional trauma of Travel's. We're going to be getting into. <laughs> wow. Hold on breakup. now. This episode, as you'll see, is called Breaking Up is Hard to Do, getting into Travel's breakup life. And wow. Um, I mean, that's really what this is about. Let's get into it's, that. It's not. It's that's not. That's actually all that we talked about. And I really just wanted to send you <laughs> over to Jacqueline. But first, we want to give you a little bit of an update on something we've told you about here before. Um, earlier this year. I don't know if you've heard, but we're writing books. We've got books that are being written, and um, <laughs> Travel has let you know every week in the introduction that they are an authoress. An authoress. Times two. An authoress. Yes. As we told y'all, Historically Black Phrases is going to be our book that you'll be able to get wherever you buy your books, um, ideally in a Black book store uh, somewhere near you. So we thought that we'd give you all a bit of a status update as we hit a major milestone this past Friday. We turned in all of the book's phrases with an asterisk because there might be more. <laughs> um, we've Hopefully Caitlin's not listening to the show right now and being like, there might be more. <laughs> Caitlin's our editor, y'all. Caitlin is our editor over at, at, at 10 Speed. But we've written nearly 250 phrases for the first draft and we're going to see how many make it to the final book. For those of you wondering why it takes so long and when I say those of you, I mean those of me. It's a long process putting together a book and getting it to stores. We've got multiple rounds of edits coming up and then designs with edits and then layouts with edits and then more copy edits. And then it has to be printed and then it has to be distributed and then you can buy it. So the book will be available for us next, available for you next fall, God willing, and the COVID don't rise. Um, Travel, you wanted to talk about what you've started to learn about each other in this process? Yeah. So, like, I feel I'm, like it would I, I, be... I'm telling you that this <laughs> makes me nervous. Like... Again, just... that is your stuff that you need to work through, my love. It, it, I haven't I... said nothing for you to be nervous about. It's a trauma response. This is nothing response. but love, friend. A trauma response, indeed. But go on. Go ahead. I'm... Anyway, I thought it could be interesting for the listeners because you and I, we, we work a lot in various capacities now, right? Here on the show... In, you mean work ABJ. together a lot. Uh, what did I say? You said we work a lot, which we do. Well, we do that too. <laughs> yes. Um, in ABJLA, we've now got this book going on. We probably will have some other things in the works in the meantime and whatnot. But I wanted to know if there was anything that like you are learning or that you've witnessed or that you've learned throughout this process of like, Working with me, because I feel like I've learned some interesting things being able to, like, work alongside you, particularly in this book process. One of the things I have been always thinking about is because you always talk about how you were raised by Oprah and Jesus, right? Well, and Jesus I and Oprah, always... but yes. Okay, well, same thing. Um, well, what's it called? A transitive property? Is that what it's called? Um, okay, this anyway. is now a trans rights issue. Sorry for the transphobia. <laughs> Jesus, come on. It's never enough for you people. What do you want? That's an amazing math joke. Um, hopefully the folks got it. 
Anyway, but I've been w- always wondering, you know, like, how does that type of an influence impact how you conduct interviews, how you talk to people, how you moderate and whatnot? And I've seen you moderate before, but through the process of this book, in addition to these phrases that we've done, we're also conducting interviews with, you know, notable Black folks that, like, we want to talk about, you know, Black language with. And it's just interesting to witness up close your interview style um, and how it uniquely works for you and, you know, ways to, like, just think about, like, how to to frame conversations or questions differently. You always, you know, ask the questions in a way that I would not ask them. And that's just always interesting to me. What is the distinction between your interview style and my interview style? Because you said that that no one else does interviews in the style that you do it. And so I'm curious about how you see those things. Well, yeah, I feel like my interview style, particularly when it's when it's about something cultural like this, or whatever, I feel like it's unexpected for whoever's on the other side. I think it's a lot more funny. It's a lot more casual, maybe. Is, 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 that, is that the right word? Mine? No, mine. Um, okay. I think yours is, you know, ca- casual. It's your type of casual as well. But, like, one of the things, it really is just, it's, for me, I zero in on the ways that you do your follow-ups and, like, the things that you use for follow-ups. And I I will say, I realized this on our show, on the episode that we did with Amber J. Phillips and Deshaun L. Harrison, because there was a follow-up question that you asked of Amber after she told us the whole story about her being younger and how she, like, after a point, her being fat wasn't cute anymore. And then you did this Mm follow-up question specifically about that point. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I had follow-ups, but it wasn't about that point in particular. Mm. And so it's just always interesting to see what you zero in on as, like, the point to be followed up on and the things that, like, I follow up on. That's that's all I mean. I think I think it's also useful for me as an interviewer, right, to see other people interview up close just to, like, see, oh, you know, maybe there's something that I can learn from Jared. Maybe there's something I can take and incorporate into how I do things. I will say, like, you talked about being raised by Oprah and Jesus or Jesus and Oprah. And, like, I... I know that for me, when I'm interviewing someone, I'm always really interested in how something impacted them or where it came from or what like mm-hmm. the big idea was or the effects of the work and like how how we got here and what the process was and all that kind of stuff. Just to give you more credit, it also leads to really interesting like nuggets and tidbits that like we would not have gotten if you had not followed up on that very specific thing. To be very honest with you, the people I would attribute that to are... Definitely Oprah, like, watching the talk show. But also, you might not expect this answer, but Spirit, who's been on our show a number of times. Ooh, the therapist. Yes, um, because I was her producer, and she was live on the radio every night with callers taking live calls for three hours every night from around the world. And so watching her do that was also really instructive for me. And, like, I've been a big believer that interviews are really about listening and mm-hmm. not necessarily about mm-hmm. like making sure you come in with the right questions but like making sure that you're listening to what the person is saying now that you say that i'm thinking about why you're saying that in our interviews as well but like it's it's been a fun process i know for you watching you in this process like you have like structured your day in a whole different way than you used to which has been 
something that I <laughs> wish I could do. Like for you all, Travel will get up at six o'clock in the morning or whatever it is mm-hmm. and like has a writing block until 10 or something. Mm-hmm. I know you've moved it around, but it's about mm-hmm. that. And Travel will write for those hours. And I'm like, oh, I'll, tr- I'll sis, try. I live- I'll try to write. You doing better than me because I'm like, I'm struggling for something like that, right? I don't want to get out of the bed to go pee, let alone like get up and write. You know what I mean? Um, I'm very much like a writer when I feel inspired and like I write when something is speaking to me. And I also tend to do better in the evening or late night. As Travel can tell you, we had a, a deadline on Friday of last week. I was up burning the midnight oil because I wanted Saturday, Sunday, and Monday off. And like I turned it in, you know, really, really uh, late at night. So that for me has been interesting too because I've seen you kind of transition your schedule to be able to fit what you needed to be to be able to accomplish this goal of this book. So that's been really, really cool. Just so that folks know, we're interviewing like people that we're in community with for the book, but we're also interviewing maybe some of your favorite social media folks, influencers, maybe some of your favorite actors and and folks like that. I won't say who we've interviewed because we want it to be a surprise. But, you know, we 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 got some cute folks up in the mix. So stay tuned. Yeah. That is the update on the book. We've got another deadline coming up next month on that book. The deadline for my book is in a week and a half. And so a lot more writing to be done. We will keep you all posted as we have about when you can start, you know, doing the pre-orders and whatnot. But Let's get into our fanti, honey. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're getting into Travel's love life. Don't go wow, anywhere. Wow, come on now. You got to stop that. It's not just my love life. Uh-uh. Listen, I'm just, uh, that's what it said in the script. The Laura wrote that. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Your style isn't one size fits all. And when you're six foot three like me, one size fits all probably never fits. (laughs) It's about what suits you and your body at the moment. That's where Stitch Fix comes in. Whether you need a refined workwear or casual basics, Stitch Fix can help elevate your look. You can schedule a fix and a style expert will send you five pieces that fit your style, size, and price range. Or if you prefer to shop but don't really want to endlessly browse, Check out Stitch Fix Freestyle, an online shop built just for you. That's actually my favorite, where you can go in and get like great individual basics that you really love and mix and match into your wardrobe. To get started, you can take a style quiz so Stitch Fix can learn your preferences from your favorite colors, your preferred fits, and price ranges. Get started today by filling out your freestyle quiz at stitchfix.com slash fanti. And you'll get free shipping and returns. That's stitchfix.com slash Fanti. Fanti is also brought to you by the folks over at Uncommon Goods. We've told you about Uncommon Goods before. They're an online shop filled with unique, totally unexpected gifts. And with Mother's Day right around the corner on May 8th, in case you needed a reminder, now is the perfect time to check out the site for some ways to say thanks to mom or whoever it is who's like a mom to you. I recently bought these stimulus wine glasses, like champagne glasses, Mm -hmm. but they don't have the stem on them. Um, And I was thinking about getting Mm -hmm. a pair for my mama. And then I was like, why not? Just do that for myself. Stemless without a stem. 
Interesting. The disrespect. When you shop at Uncommon Goods, <laughs> you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. They carry gifts from over 900 independent makers, and they get there pretty quickly as well. Like, they get to you pretty quickly as well. Uncommon Goods also has experiences that you can give. You can give your mom, in particular, a flower arranging class or maybe a cocktail making class or plenty of other online virtual experiences that you can even do together if you want. They've got plenty of DIY gifts as well if that's her thing. With every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice and they've donated more than $2.8 million to date. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash Fanti. That's Uncommon Goods with an S, dot com slash Fanti for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon goods, they're all out of the ordinary. Welcome back, beautiful people. All right, it's time to get into our Fanti. Now, we all have been there. You meet that fine-ass, sexy-ass person who makes the small of your back moist, honey. Y'all go on a few dates, and it's giving what it's supposed to give. Okay, stop, pause. Hold on, hold on. What? I read this in the script, and now hearing you say it, makes the small of your back moist. I, yeah. Laura's even said small of your back. Yeah. What is makes the small of your back moist? Yeah, you know that little that little place like at the at the bottom of your back, above the butt. It's not at the butt yet, but at the bottom of the back, and you know. I don't know about y'all, but there's always just, you know, it's just, I don't, it's just, mm-mm, mm-mm. That sounds like a situation where you need to ask your doctor if Valtrex <laughs> is right for you. But I'm going to let you Valtrex is. carry anyway, on. Anyway, but y'all go on a few dates, right? And it's given what it's supposed to give. Then you decide that this person is someone who you actually really, really like, right? And y'all start dating exclusively. Maybe at some point y'all move in together if you those, you know, shacking up types, right? Like I am. Um, and you begin to introduce this person nonetheless to your friends, your community. They introduce you to their friends and their community. Maybe you also introduce them to your mom and them. You know, or your siblings, right? Who might live, you know, in your in your vicinity, and then you start to read, or your co-host, or your co-host. Yes, I mean, also um, my co-host ha- <laughs> happens to be one of my friends, but like, I mean, unless you got something you want to tell I mean, me, I don't know. I'm giving options, hypotheticals. Options. Here. Okay, okay, yes, okay. Exactly. Well, then your friends and your person, right? They start to develop their own relationships independent of you, right? And things are going well. Life is lifing, okay. Until things stop going so well. And as fate has it, the relationship has now run its course and you both decide to get the hell up out of Dodge. And now the friends and the family, they feel like they got to choose sides, right? They feel like, can can I still be friends with this person? You know, should I delete their number? Do you want me to roll up on them? You know, run up, get done up on them? What you want me to do, right? But in reality... Ain't no sides to be choosed, okay? Because the breakup was mutual. And though, yes, there were emotions all over the place, and you and your now former person, we are now cool, right? Dare I say, me and the former person, you and your former person, you might actually be friends, right? Okay? Now, I know some of y'all went on that journey with me, and you were like, oh, hell no. He, she, they are dead to me and they need to be dead to everybody else in your life, right? Pick a side, pick a side. But breaking up 
and managing relationships with one's exes, I find is more complex and complicado than that. All right. So I thought it would be very interesting for us to discuss etiquette around breaking up because I got questions and I would like to interrogate what seems to be some of the prevailing thoughts, right, about how people Mm, are mm -hmm. supposed to go about not only their own individual breakup, but also the friends and the family members of that person and their relationships to said individual. You ready? You feeling me? I had so much fun with that hypothetical scenario that didn't happen to anyone specifically. You were so Um, disrespectful. I I, I just, I'm, I'm really having fun just imagining what it could be like for this to happen to someone. Oh, y'all, we're doing a complex and complicado structure, not necessarily the fan and the anti-FYI. Do y'all ever care? I wonder if the listeners care what format we're doing these things in. Let us well, know Well, I would like to let them or know like that we knowing. do give a thought about the format of our show. We're not yes. just here rambling. Yes. I mean, we do some rambling. But... Right. <laughs> well, when you say wow. we, I mean, you wow. mean you. Wow. I mean... Any the only person way. that ever says, like, I'm rambling. Well, I do say you. that often because I am often rambling, but there's always <laughs> a point. Anyway, to get us started, I want to know, where do you fall on the whole, I broke up with them, so you break up with them too scale? I don't use it. Like, I think it's ridiculous. I didn't even think about this in our pre-pro meeting. I literally thought about this as you were doing the intro, and I was like, oh, I know exactly why mm-hmm. I feel that way. There are, like, two very specific things that happened to me as a kid, both within my family, where, like, there was a disagreement between two people. My dad was always one of them. <laughs> and I was expected to, like, not fuck with somebody because... Or, or someone was expected to not fuck with me, or I was expected mm-hmm. to not fuck mm-hmm. with them because of the disagreement. And I was like... She didn't do nothing to me. Like, I mean, you. you don't get along anymore, right? There have been many instances, obviously, since then where I've seen this happen. And my thing is, like, if it's a romantic relationship and you two broke up and for shits and giggles, let's use you and your ex, right? Like, just hypothetically. Uh-huh. My ex is somewhere like, now how I get in it? <laughs> now why am I in it? Right. <laughs> My ex listens to this show and is probably like, nah, I bet you not in be it. in it. You in it, honey. Um, <laughs> we getting to you very soon. I, I didn't say that. That is that is not me. I said it. Um, that is not of God. Anyway, but like if you and your ex, you know, had broken up and it was like some really tumultuous breakup and it, you know, like some really ugly things that happened and all of those kinds of things, I would be much less inclined to have like positive feelings or a relationship with your ex, Right. Also, your ex and I were not, like, super close, right? We hung out a number of times. We texted and that kind of stuff. But, like, we weren't, like, besties. And if I saw him out in the street, we would I would say hello and we'd be fine. It'd be no tea, right? We could hang out somewhere. But, like, I don't feel like just because someone else doesn't fuck with you anymore means I have to not fuck with you anymore. And I've mm-hmm, seen that show mm-hmm. up in my life in many different kinds of ways with many different kinds of relationships, friend groups, romantic family, like, all of those different kinds of things. And I have always feel like it's some bullshit. So I don't use it. I completely agree with you. When me and my former partner did break up, you know, there were, you know, folks who we are in community with, our friends who were like, so uh, can I? <laughs> like, like, can I? No, not not that type of can I. I saw I your eyeballs. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not what I thought. <laughs> but they wanted to know about like, you know, could could they still be friends with him because of, you know, their own individual relationships, like I said, that they had established independent of me? And I was I was struck by the question because I've always been someone that's like, you know, listen, as long as there wasn't, you know, 
a knockdown, drag out type of right. end to the relationship, right? Because 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 if it was, then we got something else we need to discuss. Well, right. right. Like if if y'all had been fighting, and you know, you told me like, oh, you know, he threw a lamp at me, and we was going at like. Then it probably I might would have be the like other way more, around. I probably more would be the one throwing the stuff if we being honest. Well, I've met you both, but like <laughs> I, 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 I know that. But like, I just don't understand the idea that because one person doesn't fuck with somebody, like nobody else can. That always feels toxic to me. Mm. It's interesting you say you think it you, it feels toxic because I I feel like the prevailing sentiment around it is about like how does one show loyalty how does one show like my affinity my loyalty like i was i was friends with you first right and so i must i'm gonna choose you i feel like i don't know why but it feels like we always that folks because i don't feel this way but it feels like folks always feel like they have to choose when a breakup happens and that has never been something for me that has like made sense I guess is the way to say it. I'm going to use I and me statements to talk about how I feel about the situations that I have been in. For those of you that are listening that disagree with me or might feel implicated, a hit dog might holla. If you feel a way about it, you feel a way about it, right? But like, to me, whenever someone has expected me to stop being friends with someone because they weren't friends with them, the immediate thought was like, grow up. Mm -hmm. Like, where they do that at, right? That's it. And and like I don't have a whole bunch of people around me. I can't think of someone who has said something like that to me recently that would be like, uh, "I know you ain't fucking with her," because blah, blah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't operate that way, and like I don't see it as grown up. Like we are adults. What are you talking about? So if if and when that's presented to you, you see it as an actual like indictment or like questioning of of the individual who's bringing it up. As opposed to the the other person in in the situation, am I understanding that correctly? I'm I'm not sure if I understood that framing, but like I more so am like, why do you get to tell me who I get to be friends with? Mm-hmm. Why do you get to tell me who I get to have relationships with? And I, I mean, I even feel Jared that way don't in like dating. to be controlled. Gotcha. I mean, no, have we met? <laughs> like, I just unfortunately, I, I, I the idea of even like a romantic partner, like. Being like, oh, well, you can't be friends with your ex or you can't talk to so-and-so because I don't blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm like, what? Who are see, you? That's, a, that's another point, though, because like even the folks who are like, when you, when you, oh, my God, I'm watching, um, uh, what's it called? Candy and the Gang on Bravo. Mm. It's like the reality show with Candy Burris and her, uh, the OLG restaurant. And so, like, the different cast members are folks who work at the restaurant. And two of the cast members are exes Mm. two of the cast members who work at the restaurant are exes and they each have partners now Mm -hmm. but the partner of the guy uh her name i forget her name uh, but the partner of the guy she's just like oh your ex can't come to your house warm even though we're they're friends even though they they they're in social spaces together she's like oh your ex can't come to your housewarming and Bro, so like it's uh. still a it's still a thing that people do which is always interesting to me i don't know if that's insecurity i don't know if that's you don't trust somebody or or what like maybe those are other things to me that says like you have some kind of insecurity or trust situation going on right you mm-hmm. either don't feel comfortable being in the same room with that person because they've been with your ex or because of whatever right and maybe that insecurity is founded. Maybe they've cheated together or some other shit like that. 
but like I can be friends with that person, but they can't come to my hut, my housewarming. That kind, of, I'm like, grow up, like, and cut to me, you know, two years from now, like I can't believe that bitch showed up, like, you know what I mean? But I just can't imagine that situation. Well, another thing that I've been thinking about in the period in which you know I have transitioned out of my last relationship is the protocol around social media. Like, what do you do when the person that you've been dating, y'all break up, but like y'all were public about your relationship. So you posted photos of yourselves together or, you know, in my case, work that me and my ex had done together is on my social media pages. And I bring this and up- And in the New only, York Times. And in the New York Times, how you do it. Um, but I bring this up specifically because- was it la- either last week or week before last, Amber Riley announced that she and the gentleman that she was involved with for however long um, have separated. And I stumbled on his Instagram page. So I can't say if I remember, like if I actually remember seeing photos of her on his Instagram page. Cause you know, niggas don't be doing that, right? Especially in the straight relationships. You know, straight the straights be having real weird rules about all of that stuff. It's a whole different set of rules. Like, I don't understand how any of that <laughs> operates, why they operate the way that they do. It doesn't make any sense over there. But I was scrolling on her, on on, on these different pages of folks who, like, used to be in community, um, who used to date, to be specific. And then I see that, like, oh, this person removed any, mm, any post mm-hmm. that had this former fling, this former partner on it. They removed it from their page. And, like, do what you want to do with your page. But for me and mine, like, if you scroll back to last year, you're going to see my man or my man at the time on my page. So I'm surprised by how aligned we are on on some of these things. But, like, my general rule has been, like, it happened in my life, so it's going to be there. Period. But I also, I do not be putting niggas online. Like, the (laughs) idea of putting... The funny thing is, my ex, who I said is listening to this show, I don't think we have five photos together over the course of on and off mm-hmm. a yearish, right? Like, and like one of them is like us laying in bed, waking up, and I was like, we don't have a picture, snap, and it's not even good, right? So like, <laughs> so like we don't we look crazy in this picture, but like I don't I don't post the people that I'm dating until we are in like a serious official situation, and like mm-hmm. our situation was never quote-unquote, serious and official, right? We'd never had official titles. And so it was a long situation where we ended up breaking up and that wasn't the case, so I didn't have to get rid of, like, all of the things posted online. But, like, in past relationships, when we were official and stuff like that, I would post, like, vague shit and do no tagging. (laughs) Right, Right? you post, like, like, their shoulder and you're like, ooh, night out with Bay. Exactly. There was it was us walking hand in hand, and like a friend had taken the photo from behind us as we were walking down the street. Girl, that's what you'll get. Oh, now, I I haven't been in a relationship in a while, and so I'm not sure how I'm gonna handle that. You know, the next time because I'm sure something is coming. But hey, like, man, I don't speaking know. Speaking into existence, yes. Well, you know, I don't know how I will handle that. Jared but said like, he's out here dipping it and doing it, y'all. I that is what you said. Um, but like my gut tells me like something's coming soon and like I'm not sure how I'm going to handle that and it's going to be something I have to figure out with like him and me and God and be like amen eh. so 
like you said, it happened in, in my life. And it was it was uh, it was wonderful. And it also gets at something that I'm going to bring up later, which is just like, you know, yeah, the relationship like we're, we're no longer partners, but like we had a really great connection and that connection. Right influences the being that you see today. So like, why would I erase them? That's just my thought. But another question, another question as my mind has been pondering on etiquette for breaking up. Mm. Can your friends date your exes? <laughs> what are your thoughts? Your feel? Oh, oh, I hear a chuckle. No, that's congestion. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> I am always the 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 in the minority on this one, but again, save for any like extraordinary circumstances in the breakup or in the relationship, I don't really care. Now, mind you, it also hasn't happened, right? Mm. Where a friend of mine was dating someone that was an ex of mine or that like I seriously dated. You ain't gotta say nothing, okay? You ain't gotta say I can I could you let me. You know what? <laughs> Are you going to text my ex right now? <laughs> hey, boo. Um, How you doing? I was just thinking about you. How you doing? I just, you know, you came across my mind. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel that. My thing is, like, I am a, I always call myself a hopeful romantic, but, like, I don't want to be the reason that somebody didn't get their love, didn't, mm-hmm. you know, get the opportunity. I don't want someone walking around with a what if in their mind for the rest of their life or the person that got away because they were trying to be so loyal to me. Like, that is some bullshit. Like, Hmm. grow up. So Okay, but hold on now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) For me, I think this is a situation of it depends. I think it's an it depends situation, right? Because the example that I have in my head is a Medea homecoming. I don't know if y'all actually oh watched the Medea Homecoming yet. If you haven't watched it yet, you ain't going to. Like, no. that's just is what it is. Right. But there's a storyline there where this woman and her best friend, her best friend was her lawyer in the divorce. Okay? In her divorce. Mm-hmm. And throughout the course of the movie, uh, I guess, spoiler alert, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we end up finding out that the best friend is now the fiancé of... The ex-husband. The ex-husband, right? And it's this big old reveal. It's a thing or whatever. But they got as close as they got, apparently, during the course of her breakup and the, the divorce proceedings, apparently. This is according to the movie. And so in my head, in a situation like that, I'm fighting both of you. Oh, so I want to be clear... Best friend who's a lawyer, this is completely unethical, number one. <laughs> well, there right? is that. <laughs> like, completely unethical, hands down. How are you representing me and dating the defendant? Right? Mm, like, mm-hmm, that don't make mm-hmm. no sense. <laughs> the, the thing that I always think about with this is the person that I'm dating ideally would be someone that I want to spend time with in a perfect situation, right? Someone mm-hmm. who I enjoy conversing with, someone I want to have dinner with, someone I want to wake up next to and watch TV with and whatever. And, like, seemingly, my friends would probably have positive feelings about my my partner, and my partner would hopefully have positive feelings about my friends. One of the shows that we listen to and talk about often is The Read, right? And, like, I am always yelling back at the speaker when I'm listening to them talk about the way that, oh, well, when I break up with him, y'all don't fuck with him no more. And I'm like, <laughs> how old are we, right? Like, 
I, I don't get that. I've never thought that. I've never felt that way. And again, if it's a, a very simple kind of breakup, me and my ex, like, we're still friends. And, like, again, ex is a weird word, but, like, whatever. We're still friends. We still meet up. We texted this week. Like, you know what I mean? It's fine. But, like, the idea that everybody has to dead that person because we didn't work out, like, it's just ridiculous to me, right? Like, it, it doesn't make sense to me because because me and him had, like, a romantic attraction to each other, but didn't turn out to be compatible. Now, fuck him. What? Like, that's just stupid to me. Mm, interesting. If we found out that he's a scammer, honey, <laughs> girlfriend robbed my house, <laughs> broke into my car, and slapped my mama at Thanksgiving, fuck him, right? <laughs> like, it's a different thing. But, like, oh, you know, it just didn't work out. And, I mean, it's fine. Oh, well, fuck her then. I never liked that bit. Wait a minute. Hold on. You know, it just... <laughs> Yeah. I have to say, I have to say that I want to be you in this situation. Like, I want to be like, oh, my friends better not date my exes, right? I really do want to be that person. But, like, I'm also imagining myself actually in, like, in, tho in, in those heels, right? And I think I would feel a little way. I really, well, I do think like that I would feel Well, you don't like wearing heels, no way. way. But, like, I, <laughs> but, like, I... Again, this is very great in theory, right? Like, I haven't had it happen, right. so maybe I would feel differently. But, like, as I generally think about it, even if I found myself feeling a way about it, I would still have to say to myself, like, uh, what is not healed here, right? Why are you still feeling a way about it? Mm. But second, like, why are you tripping, right? Like, grow up. That's real. I'm also wondering... Like, you already mentioned that, like, you and the person who you were most recently dating are, like, friends, y'all meet up, et cetera, et cetera. How, and this might be an easy question in, in terms of the phrasing, but, like, I'm wondering, like, how you go about being friends with, with an ex, particularly one that is, like, in community, right? Like, I feel mm -hmm. like the Black gay community in LA is... I actually don't think it's as small as folks like to say it is, but there is, oh, say, no. you know, two to three degrees of separation between, I feel, most Black gay folks, you know, Black queer folks in the city. It wasn't hard for me to build, rebuild, reestablish whatever a friendship with my ex, but I'm wondering how you kind of navigate that. You know I'm a firm believer that all black gays are separated between 0.75 dicks. So I Yikes. I maintain that. I think we're way too small of a, of a group, especially in the major cities. Yes, I'm going to just leave that right there. How, you're asking, like, how do you navigate that friendship? And, like, the answer is, I don't know, <laughs> right? Like, we've figured it out and, like, had some tough conversations and figured out what our boundaries need to be, taking time when we needed to take time and that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't think there's a science to it. I think the way that folks' relationships tend to, you know, be so unique and specific to them and their experiences and their backgrounds, I tend to find that the things that are unhealed tend to be unique and specific to those relationships and the, the places mm, that you got to mm -hmm. clean up and fix and, and feel okay about. For myself and my again, quote X, um, we dated off and on for a while. We kind of lingered for a long time, um, or it felt like that at least. And then it was just like, okay, well, I need some time. And so that was the challenging thing for me. I had to, for myself, I had to like recognize why I was still like attached and why I was 
what I was ignoring about how I felt about the relationship um, and acknowledging for myself that I was really hurt by some things when I mm-hmm, mm-hmm. didn't want to say that to myself because I really, you know, love and care about this person who I think is really kind and and generous and gentle and all of those things. But I was also mad at them for some things. So I had to deal with that. So, but I think yeah. you have to figure out what your scenario is and, and what the things are that you need to fix and stuff like that. I completely agree with that. I think there's always, you know, some sort of period of, of processing, however long that is, or at least I'll speak again for myself. Um, I feel like anytime that I've broken up with somebody, there's been a a period of processing. And maybe there's a conversation, right, that you have that's like, hey, this is this is what it is, this is where the feelings are, this is this is what what we all what we both experience. But then, like, you know, a month later, you know. We getting coffee again, or we going to brunch, or we doing it. Because for me, in my head, I think the most important thing that I've thought about is, like, even though our romantic or sexual relationship might be different now, there is something useful, something positive, something generative, something necessary in a lot of ways about, like, maintaining a relationship with someone who, despite whatever reasons why the relationship may have ended, right, there's still some positivity there. Like, I'm thinking about my my first uh, my first and only girlfriend. How you doing, girl? And, like, we are... We're, we're cool today, mm-hmm. right? She lives in Denver. And anytime that I'm in Denver, right, I hit her up. Like, you know, and if our schedules align, we'll go get, you know, something to eat or something to drink, whatever the case may be. Um, but like, it's still, uh, no, not that, <laughs> not, not that, I'm you know, I'm um, um, but for the people who do do that, then like, like, that, you know, it is what it is. Turn and so up. like, I just, I just think that like, definitely time helps like heal certain things, but I'm also more so interested in like, why should I deny myself? the good of a person, you know, just because we're no longer fucking or we're no longer living together. Again, provided that they ain't bopped you in the head or nothing, right? Like, why why deny yourself? And I will say, you know, I have friends who, you know, I, I'll talk to them or I'll be texting with them. I'll be like, what you doing? I'll be like, oh, you know, I went to brunch with, with such and such, my ex, or I went to dinner or I was just texting, you know, him. And they'll be they'll give me a look or they'll they'll make a sound or whatever. And I'm just like, girl, one, mind your business. But also two, like, this is somebody who I spent, right? I I live with this person. (laughs) You know, beyond just dating, you know, an individual. I live with this person. I met this person's parents, right? Like, there's a connection there beyond whatever the physical thing was. The other thing that I think is important to this question of like, how do you go about being friends with an ex- you know, especially one that's in community with you, is for me, in my 20s, I dated a lot more people that I would not have been friends with outside of being attracted to them. Mm. And so I had a lot, I had multiple relationships where I was like, oh, I was really attracted to this person. They were really attracted to me and we really wanted to have like a Mm -hmm. vibe. And then like we started dating and realized like we weren't compatible. And for some of those, like, we weren't compatible because we wouldn't have been friends in the first place, right? Mm. We wouldn't have hung out. And we learned mm. that about each other. And so more of, like, the people that I dated in my 20s, I would say I have, like, less close relationships with, right? But, like, 
still all relatively positive if I see them. It's no shade and something like that. But like, I don't have a bunch of like negative ex relationships. And I also, I'm always intrigued by that when a person tells me that they have a lot of like negative relationships with their exes or the the way that they think about their exes or talk about them. I remember being on a first, it was like, actually, it wasn't even a date. We were, I talked about this on the show before. We were texting in an app or whatever it was. Um, and then I think we were on the phone and he talked about how his ex-boyfriend, um, how they were having a fight when they were together and how he'd thrown his iPhone across the room and smashed it. And like, he was so proud of the way that he said that. I know I've talked about this on the show before. He was so proud of the way that he told that story about the way that he smashed the iPhone and he had to buy two different phones because of da da da. And I was like, oh, you're really proud of that. Right. And that's something that you would do again. Mm-hmm. And I ain't having you throwing my iPhone around the room. Like, <laughs> we'll be two iPhone throwing motherfuckers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just... But no, actually, we wouldn't be two iPhone throwing motherfuckers. I'd be asking you to get up out of my house. <laughs> right? Oh, like, see, you different than me. You throw my iPhone, I'm throwing you. I haven't had, like, a, 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 a violently aggressive moment with a partner in a long time. Uh, and, and not even, like, a violent one, but, like, where we were just, like, loud and angry with each other. But, like, I can't imagine, like, fighting with a partner. I I just, I don't, I don't know. But, okay, Swish had a question that you wanted to get to. Yeah, so, a couple questions, really quick. What's the longest it's taking you to get over an ex where you could, you know, eventually then see the person and not feel any any pangs as it relates to I think it was like four or five years because it was the one like really ugly breakup that I went through. And we also lived in different cities and didn't have to see each other. But we kept running into each other at a thing that we both were at each year. And so, uh, first of all, the fact that you smiled lets me know that you probably know what I'm talking about. And uh, I kind of hate you for that. Um, But like, it just, I was like, we kept running into each other. And like, I was like, Oh, it was frustrating. <laughs> and so we had a conversation and we've been fine. But like I I would say probably four-ish, maybe five years. You know, I'm 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 someone who actually processes breaks breakups really quick. That's because you don't feel anything. Well, uh I think that is I'm sorry, not I didn't mean correct. to do that, Jacqueline. I'm sorry, girl. <laughs> I don't think that's correct. I think I feel a lot. Now I may not, you know demonstrate said feelings you don't express in the way how you're feeling about things that is, is what it you is. Fee- folks feel like I should but I be feeling um but yeah so I I don't I don't know if it's actually ever if it's been a long period for me again also because it's like you know once the decision is made to depart you know and even before the decision is made to depart right we all are already thinking right you I feel like you know when the end is coming, I feel like we all have those feelings internally. Or maybe you don't. I don't know. In my experience, I've always felt the breakup coming before it did, ultimately. And maybe that's because a situation happened that, like, you know, was unrepairable. Or maybe it was, you know, that you just had a a, a lingering thought about something that made you just feel, uh, but you, mm-hmm. but you put it away and you ignore it. In my experience. I had a breakup. The breakup that I'm talking about with the person I kept running into and we had like a bad breakup. Mm-hmm. I knew that breakup was coming because we were fighting all the time. And like I had never been in a relationship where I was fighting with my partner. And like mm-hmm. we were fighting about everything. And I was like, what the fuck is this? The relationship I was in after that, I was completely blindsided by our breakup. And like I was devastated because I did not see it coming. Mm. And I was completely like, 
jarred. And then we never spoke for six months. Mm. Like he fell off the face of the earth. And then I found out he had met someone the day before he broke up with me. And they had oh, I know together. you fucking lie. Oh, no, I was it was like breaking up all over again when I found out. Right. I was devastated, devastated. Um, and so it was just like, it was too much for me, but I did like Instagram investigation and found out. Oh, girl. And I was like, <laughs> right. And I had one of those moments where I was like, wait a minute. You set yourself up. What is this date on this photo? And then I went back and looked in the calendar. I was like, uh-uh, cause we were in so-and-so on such and such day. And then you set yourself so I up had for that. it. But then I was like devastated again. Right. So it took me a while to get over that relationship as well. And I think you've hit on this already because um, you said, like, you know, the, the types of people that you would date in your 20s are not necessarily the types of people that you might date, you know. Now, has your approach to dealing with with breakups, is your perspective that you've shared on the show today the same one that you had five years ago or 10 years ago? Or, like, how has that changed for you? I would say it's it's gotten more nuanced. But I've always been a person who thought, like, the I can't be friends with my exes thing was stupid or mm-hmm. the I, you know, I don't fuck with her because that's so-and-so's ex. Like, I've been that way since I was young. And again, like, I had some things happen when I was a kid where those allegiances kind of thing was important. And I went through a divorce with my parents as well. Um, and so I, I've i always been that way. And I think it's probably been informed by my parents' divorce in, like, childhood. But, like, I've, I've kind of always been this way. It has, like I said, gotten more specific about, like, okay, well, there are elements of this that, that are really specific now that I, I feel more deeply. But the thing that I've only really changed on significantly when it comes to relationships is monogamy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that we want to hear from y'all. Hit us up on social media using the hashtag FantiFam. We're on Twitter and Instagram and now on TikTok over at Fanti Podcast. Coming up, why y'all hate us so much in listener feedback and our dishonorable mentions also coming up. We'll be right back. Max Fun Drive 2022 starts in just one week. Monday, April 25th. We'll have exclusive Max Fun Drive gifts, awesome episodes, bonus content, and you know what else? You'll just have to tune in. We have some tricks up our sleeve. Sleeves? Tricks? Is it plural? We'll catch you next week. The greatest time to support the podcasts you love. Max Fun Drive starts on Monday, April 25th. Don't miss it. If you're sick of constantly arguing with the people closest to you about topics that really aren't going to change the world, we're here to take that stress off of your shoulders. We take care of it for you on We Got This with Mark and Hal. That's right, Hal. If you have a subjective question that you want answered objectively once and for all time for all of the people of the world, questions like, who's the best Disney villain, Mac or PC, or should you put ketchup on a hot dog? That's why we're here. Yes, I get that these are the biggest questions of our time, and we're often joined by special guests like Nathan Fillion, Orlando Jones, and Paget Brewster. So let Mark and Hal take care of it for you on We Got This with Mark and Hal, weekly on Maximum Fun. All righty, beautiful people. We are now going to get into our listener feedback segment. Your opportunity to send us letters, tweets, DMs, thoughts about, you know, the conversations happening on the podcast. You know what? Let me take this one. Just for fun. Um, Fine, go for it. Yeah. 
Uh, this letter comes from M, the letter M, presented by the letter <laughs> M. It says, Dear Travel Anderson. My whole name, right? My whole name. Which, That's how you know. That's how you know I somebody's know. about to get you together. I know. I read this in the email and I was like, oh, this has got to go in the show. Okay. <sighs> <sighs> Dear Travel Anderson. You recommended watching the new reality show featuring Lizzo called Watch Out for the Big Girls. It had already been an Amazon watch list for me, and your recommendation I was really excited to watch uh, after that, especially when you mentioned there was not a competition aspect to the show. How do you feel right now, Travel? Keep going, girl. I'm writing to say that you is a lie. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> the first episode features a dance competition. Um, okay, just skip ahead 15 seconds and I'll make sure that I fit it in here. Skip ahead. Get your phone. Skip ahead. If you haven't seen it yet. Right. If you haven't seen it yet, I'm giving you time. Skip ahead. Hit the 15 now. Spoiler alert. The first episode features a dance competition where some people are sent home. By this point, I had been relaxed watching and getting invested in all these people's stories only to then have anxiety when halfway through it was I'm announced sorry, that 10 of the 13 dancers would be proceeding to the next stage. I hope that was within <laughs> 15 seconds. I really tried, y'all. Would one of my faves have been dropped? I wondered to myself. I kept holding it must be a trick and that Lizzo would take them all. And in the end, alas, it was not to be. <laughs> Two people were sent home, including Kiana, who I was hoping to see more of. Sorry to that woman. I can't. In reality, <laughs> I'm being half petty in writing this letter because I see what you are saying. Since from here on out, there should be no further eliminations. I still have the remaining seven episodes to watch, so we'll see. Uh -oh. With Lizzo's effortless charisma and the great talent of the featured dancers, it's very entertaining to watch the show, and I appreciate your recommendation. Fuck you, Travel Anderson. <laughs> that is not. Um, um, there was, I, I think it was in there, but I don't think I copied and pasted that part from the email, but I, I'm pretty sure it was there. I can't. Um, so shout out to M. I actually had the exact same experience watching so the first sorry. episode, and I was like, I'm so no, like, I am so this was not gonna happen. I am so sorry. I forgot. That's why I love this email so much. So I completely you, forgot M. about that first episode. Yeah. Let me also say, M, just in case you have not yet finished, okay? It's not that people don't go home. It's that there is a job for them if they show themselves. Well, after this this point. After the 13 comes down to 10, Lizzo mm. says that there is a position for you on my stage if you if you show yourself that it. you can like do the job. But you're right. That first episode, I guess a few people do go home. I completely forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> so I'm sorry for inducing anxiety for you in this show. For the record, if you hit the 15 second skip ahead, we've completely fucked this up. So sorry. <laughs> we love you. Um, uh, now, Travel, oh, moving I from... Did. I did. You, yeah, we did. Um, My bad. You, we did. Oh, well. well sorry. I'll be fine. Um, but considering how bad you are at recommendations, it's time for us to get into our dishonorable <laughs> mentions. Uh, these are the stories of people that caught our attention this week that deserve a call out, either for their good or for their stupid. You want to recommend some more things you can't defend? I do, yes. I want to first give it an honorable mention to a show. It's called The Miss Pat Show. It is a comedy, like a family sitcom, but it's like adult, okay? And it's on BET Plus. 
It is co-created by Miss Pat, who's a comedian. She has a, if I'm not mistaken, she has a Netflix special out right now that you can check out um, that will give you a, a teaser of like the style and energy of the show. It's co-created by Jordan Cooper, who is a really great playwright. If I'm not mistaken, he's the youngest person to be the executive producer of a show he's like 26 or something like that mm. super young anyway um it's a show that's been out on bet plus for i want to say maybe a year plus at this point but it was one that i had not you know paid attention to because it was on bet plus and so i eventually got around to checking it out um and it's similar to the carmichael show but maybe a little bit more risque. It stars Miss Pat as herself. It stars, what's her name? Tammy Roman. Um, I think that's her name. Um, mm-hmm. from from social media. I know her from social media. I think she was one of the basketball wives, maybe, or something. I don't know. Anyway, she's in it. It's a really interesting she, show. Tammy Roman came from the real house. She came from not the real house, she came from the real world and then went to uh, the Basketball Wives show. Oh, wow. And is now on uh, The Real World Homecoming. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Anyway. I hope I got all that right. The show is, it's really, it's, I find it very funny. They also hit on, a similar to the Carmichael show, they hit on like real life stuff in really interesting ways. And that's just what I'm going to leave it at. I'm not going to say too much else because I don't want nobody to go into it thinking that they not going to be offended. Then you're going to watch and then you're going to be offended. But I found, I find it to be an enjoyable show. Another one that I can turn on, you know, when I'm getting high at the end of the day and just, you know, cackle just for a little bit. Lastly, I wanted to give a dishonorable mention to South Dakota Public Broadcasting. Okay, this is the, you know, public radio station in South Dakota. Yesterday, which is on Monday, so a few days ago while you all are listening to this, one of their, um, a, for, a, a host of their morning show, who is a trans person, their name is Stell Klein, tweeted out this thread um, in which they revealed that they were fired seemingly because they are trans? Question mark? By that, I mean, when they got the job, everyone at the station knew they were trans, knew they used they, them pronouns. In fact, it turns out when they did a release about this person taking over this job, they actually changed the release to hide all of Stell's pronouns. Wow. Because they said they wanted them to be able to make a relationship with the listeners without having, you know, basically their gender identity being a potential, you know, deterrent or whatever. Long story short, they had a a review recently, which they were told that they were doing great, everything was fine. And then on the day that they posted this thread, they were, their position was being eliminated. And seemingly the only reason was because they were speaking out about how transphobic some of these anti-trans bills have been. And so they were deemed not objective because they are a trans person saying that these bills are anti the these bills and the other sentiment is is problematic or whatnot so we're gonna i'm I'm gonna make sure that the link to stell's thread is in the show notes and on you know our website at maximumfun.org but i just wanted to to shout that out bring more attention to that 
Okay. Well, I want to highlight a couple of different things this week that I have been watching or thinking about. So first things first, I want to give a shout out to at Body Courage on Instagram. Uh, Her name is Danielle Pinnock, and you will know her from plenty of different videos that you may have seen on social media and cracked up to. Um, And she is now one of the stars of the CBS show Ghosts. And I'm just really proud of the way that she has, you know, persevered through her career. Um, A lot of you may have only known her from social media, but she has been in the game for a long time. And this has been a a great moment of success for her. So I'm really, really excited for Danielle. So shout out to her. I want to give a shout out to a Black Lady sketch show. So good. I just want to shout out a very specific scene. Now, mind you, this new episode was actually really funny. That last scene with Bob the Drag Queen, though, in last week's episode, I was dying in my living room. Like, open mouth cackling, tear down my face. Bob the Drag Queen, um, the, the premise of the episode, of the of the sketch is Bob the Drag Queen is calling a funeral as a ball. And it is hysterical. So go to HBO Max, watch the scene, the, the episode, Black Lady Sketch Show, and it's HBO Max. Every, every Friday, new episodes come out, and it's great. Now, this is something you wouldn't expect from me, but as I'm giving, like, things that I've been watching and recommending... I did not know that I would care about this. I actually heard about this and did not give a fuck about it and didn't watch it. Um, But then someone told me how funny it was and I watched it and I was in here again, open mouth cackling. If you go to the Paramount Plus app and you type in the roast of Justin Bieber, it is a moment. Uh, Kevin Hart hosts it. Uh, Snoop Dogg, Shaq, Ludacris, (laughs) um, uh, Martha Stewart, Hannibal Burris, right after the Bill Cosby shit started. Like, it is, it's very Black because it's Justin Bieber. So, you know. Yikes. But, like, it is hysterical. I know that there was, like, a lot of headlines about it when it came out, but I never watched it. But, like, if you want a hearty cackle, it's really, really funny. So you can go find it over on Paramount+. Plus. You were going to say something shady about me mentioning Justin Bieber and and Kevin Hart. Did you still want to do that or is the moment passed? (laughs) I just saw the look on your face. So I was like, oh, this is coming. I was just going to say that I will take your word for it. Thank you for the recommendation. No, you were going to say something about me talking about Kevin Hart again. Um, It's time for... Black history is happening every day. I still can't believe how long you hold that every week. Whenever I listen to the show, I'm like... Jesus Christ, is this girl going to breathe? Listen. Our Black History is Happening Every Day this week is going to go to the brainchild of King Ibarris, Blackish, over on ABC. Their series finale is uh, on the day we are taping on Tuesday, and they have had an incredible amount of success with such an unexpected show. They have won 28 different awards, been nominated 64 different times. They've had two and a half spinoffs. I say two and a half because Grownish is a hit over on Freeform. Mixedish was around for a second, and Oldish was the show that um, they were developing around. Jennifer Lewis is it not and happening Prince anymore. Burns. It's, but it's not happening anymore. So we'll say two and a half spinoffs. Oh, no. um, but it has definitely launched the career of Kenya Barris in a way that has just been extraordinary. And all of the actors over on the show have, you know, had varying different things happening in their lives as well, and so. Just shout out to the cast of Blackish, the writers, the creators, all of the folks who have worked so hard to put that show on for so many years. It's become such a staple in in culture now that I'm like, oh shit, after you know eight seasons, um, they are taking their last bow. 
Well, you know, I I do think that the staple status of it, you know, dipped over the last season or two. I haven't um, seen any of the last season, but I saw every episode before that. So I do need to catch up. But they did have some really, really great episodes of television that, like, the Juneteenth episode, oh my God, still love. Still love. Well, and, like, the the secret episode that never aired that was, you know, a Spike Lee-directed film, uh, or directed episode, I should say. That episode is now actually on Hulu if you want to see it. I believe it's called Baby Please, if I'm not mistaken. But, like... It just, the show is iconic and really, really incredible. And I, I really hope that all, all of the actors that, you know, come from that are incredibly successful. It's called Please Baby well, Please most of from the season actors. four of the show. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't have anyone. We'll, you know, we'll talk off that. air, hon. We will talk off air. I already air. know where you're going with that. <laughs> not going to touch it. Um, uh, Want to let you know that you can check out Travel on What A Day uh, all week this week, right? Oh, yeah. On Crooked. Uh, check out the feed for new episodes over there. Um, before we go, if this conversation piqued your interest and you want more of this here, good, good. Check out other episodes that have a related conversation. I know we've pitched this one before, but I think this one is actually really related to our Black Queer Invisible episode with Ryan Mitchell. Uh, go back and check out that episode talking about what it's like to be, you know, these homosexuals. <laughs> that is going to do it for this week's episode of Fan Tie. We ask that if you're listening over on Apple Podcasts, give us a five star rating and leave us a review way, huh? on Apple Podcasts. Please don't get, <laughs> don't. You know what? If you have a comment or a suggestion about this week's show, we're at Fan Tie Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, newly over on the Tic Tac. Use the hashtag Fan Fam, or you can send us an email to Fan at MaximumFun.org. And as always, if you become a li- uh, blah, 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 blah. if you'd like to become a member of the fight, that big old tongue, huh? huh? <laughs> Don't even edit it out. Just leave it all in, Will. Just leave it all in if there. If you would like to become a member of the Maximum Fun family and financially contribute to our show, you can do that at maximumfun.org/join. Actually, this is a, we're gearing up for the Maximum Fun drive. You'll hear more about it starting on next week's episode. But this is a good time to you know while you're looking at your finances. If you can spare a little $5, $10, a little something, something my way, this is a great time. $100, $200, $300, $400, $500. <laughs> this is a great time to, you know, go ahead and do that. Become a member of the Fanti Fam and the Maximum Fun family because you get little different, you know, trinkets and gifts at different stages and bonus content, all that. We'll give you more information next week. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But you can do that again at MaximumFun.org slash join. Our music is brought to you by the one and only Reese. That's C-O-R dot E-C-E. Graphics by Ashley Wynn and the folks over at Moonhouse Creative. Our social media person is Melba Martinez. Our producer is Laura Swisher. This is a production of Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. Are we supposed to say Will Hagel? You didn't say that, did you? No, I did not. We are edited by, to be honest, I hadn't been listening to you when you were reading because I was trying to look at the ads and then I didn't know if you had said Will's name or not, but I just heard you stop talking, so. I know. I, that also might be your blooper, Will. 